0: everyone and welcome back to Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast, a show where two people on different sides of the United States talk about Kingdom Hearts. Uh, we are going through sequentially the Kingdom Hearts games and uh, we're up to a big one this time. I am Juliette And uh, who is here with me, as always?
1: Hello, I'm Madison. Here I am today in the studio. It's uh, I've got a bit of a storm coming today. So we're hoping that the recording and the internet connection between our call goes fine. And Sora and the gang have a bit of a storm coming, too, in this installment.
0: That's true. And uh, buckle up, folks, because somebody about to get norted.
1: Oh, no, our first norting.
0: Our first nording it's here, it's happening this time. So this is a pretty significant part of Kingdom Hearts, uh, both the game and the series. Uh, Today we are going to be talking about our very first ever trip to Hollow Bastion. This, I would say this is the most important part of this game, you know, in terms of its impact on the The series as a whole plot wise, but also in terms of kind of crystallizing what Kingdom Hearts is in a lot of ways. This to me, this this feels like the moment where Kingdom Hearts becomes the thing that it is, the, the thing that we talk about when we talk about Kingdom Hearts in general.
1: Oh, yeah, I agree. We've got the original characters doing all sorts of stuff. We've got Disney characters acting completely in in ways that you might expect them to in these wild situations that they would never be in. And even though this isn't the first original stage that we've had, this is absolutely the most creative um, art d- design of a stage, I think, in the game so far. Hollow Bastion looks completely like n- every new thing is something you've never seen before.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and get into it. So when we left off last time, we had just finished up with Neverland. Uh, Sora had briefly interacted with Riku. Wasn't a great interaction. Uh, You know, a lot of taunting, a lot of shade being thrown, some literal shade being thrown, uh, a.k.a. lots of heartless shadow things. And at the end of it, we ended up back in Traverse Town uh, with the other, with the second part of the navigation gummy that we needed, uh, to, to complete this, this sort of, uh, arc of, of the, the worlds. So you return to Travers Town and there are a few things you can do here, but the main thing that we're interested in is talking to Sid and getting him to outfit the, uh, gummy ship with the navigi. So you you meet him in the the first district and he goes off to install the Navi Gummy on your your gummy ship. And uh, then we get uh, the first of a a series of of pretty significant scenes here. Uh, This is one where Sora, Donald and Goofy are just kind of standing around and Sora is feeling feeling pretty down. And we get actually a nice callback to the their kind of initial meeting.
1: With Donald and Goofy bullying him into not expressing any sign of negativity.
0: That's right. That's how this very healthy friendship works. And yeah, while they're kind of just having this moment, Sora starts tripping out. (laughs) Uh, You know, he hears Kairi's voice telling him that she believes in him. And then he flies through what honestly looks like a weird kind of like very 70s like light curtain effect uh, and is suddenly somewhere we haven't seen before, but which we're going to see again really, really soon. It's a library and there is a little girl uh, talking to an old woman who uh, kind of tells tells the the little girl a story while Sora is kind of floating in, in this, you know, kind of the air above them. Uh, he's kind of ghostly here. And she, she you know, tells this story that is, once again, uh, not getting too far ahead of ourselves, one of the foundational pieces of Kingdom Hearts lore that is going to be eventually embellished in a, really, a bunch of really extreme and strange ways uh, as the series goes along. Uh, and it's a story about how In the beginning, there was light and the world was unified and good and everyone was happy, but people started to covet the light. Uh, They started to fight over it and darkness grew in their hearts and eventually the world fell into darkness and everything sort of went away. But there was still light in the hearts of children and those children rebuilt the worlds as we have them now all kind of disconnected from each other uh closed off because none of them are are you know together there's just a bunch of different little lights out there but that someday a door will open to the original light and the darkness that surrounds it and all the worlds will be one again and uh, obviously, the little girl here is is Kyrie, and Sora is very surprised by this when he discovers that. Uh, and also, there's a couple of little shots here that are just like presumably Sora, but they are from like little girl Kyrie's perspective, and uh, that's going to pay off in a few minutes as well. But then we're back with uh, Donald and Goofy. The Navy Gummy is installed. Sid warns us that there are a lot of Heartless where they're going, so they should probably watch out. Uh, And yeah, then it's it's kind of off to off to this. Actually, the the second to last gummy ship sequence of of the whole game.
1: You know, Sid says that about the Heartless as if every other place we've ever been to isn't absolutely infested with Heartless.
0: I know, right? They're literally endlessly spawning <laughs> everywhere like the only place where they're not is is like the small courtyard where he lives
1: well I, I guess he's gone soft i guess so yeah but to be fair there are a lot of heartless in this level there are
0: a lot of heartless and they're pretty strong heartless too so you know fair fair enough um and yeah so i actually do want to say i kind of like this gummy ship sequence because it's it gets a little more representational of where you're going as it goes along. You get like these things that are less abstract and more like big, like weird castle walls that you're flying past.
1: And it's got that sick and music.
0: It's got that sick music. It's got like kind of a a, a sort of more kind of intense martial sounding version of the gummy ship music. Like you hear that start up, yeah, uh, and it's just you know that something is going down this time. Uh, At the end of this, you get to Hollow Bastion. And Hollow Bastion, just even from the like kind of small version of it that you see from the gummy ship, looks buck wild. Like it is so different looking from everything else in this game so far. This giant impossible castle uh surrounded by kind of a weird, you know, crystalline wasteland, uh big gears coming out of it, you know, electrical towers. It it looks it, it is still kind of in the the sort of like, you know, uh what if what if a JRPG was set inside a Disney park aesthetic, but it is a lot lot further along towards like, you know, the JRPG side of that than anything else we've seen in the game so far.
1: It's completely unmoored from any of the Disney movies. So it seems like it's pure and simple what the art designer thought was really cool.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So they head down to the uh, to to this world. And uh, there is just like a strange scene of them just sort of like floating down to it. Uh, which I guess that's just how they enter most of these worlds, but we never really see it. Right.
1: Well, we see it in Alice in Wonderland, but in that one, it's a parody of the scene from the movie. It's, in that one, it's a parody of the scene <laughs>
0: from the movie. So you might just assume that it's, they're just, you know, they, they went in a door somewhere and fell down a hole. Um, but yeah, here, uh, they end up on this kind of floating crystalline platform and, so this is a thing that I I don't know if I've brought this up over the course of the series, but I don't I think it's strange when they decide they're going to do a fully voiced scene and when they're going to just do text boxes for the characters talking.
1: There's definitely some times it feels mitch- mismatched. It does. And this this to me feels like basically I
0: don't think there's any place in Hollow Bastion where it would make sense for them to just do you know, the text exchanges, like, I think that everything here seems significant enough that it should probably be voiced, but this sequence for, for whatever reason, when they first land is one of the, the ones with just no, no voiceover and just dialogue boxes and yeah, they land and Sora thinks like, this is a strangely familiar place And incidentally, we have seen this place before. It was on one of these slides that we saw in the Tarzan world. There was a picture of it uh, that you can find, and um, it doesn't have any context then, and it, it, so far, it doesn't have much more context other than that Sora finds it, like, weirdly familiar. But they head on. Uh, There's a little bit of platforming here. What'd you think of this stuff?
1: Oh, well, for one thing, we've got Glide and High Jump now, so platforming is a dream
0: Yeah. Oh, it's so much better.
1: And this is a pretty fun uh,
0: sequence of platforming, too. There's, you know, these different kind of floating rocks that you're jumping around on. Uh, They're kind of bobbing up and down a little bit. But this this area is nicely kind of widened out from a lot of what we've seen in the game. So it's like you're not getting, you know, wrong footed by the camera. It's it's just kind of all working right here. Yeah,
1: there's no walls for it to run into. And I think Actually, I, I didn't fall, but the water underneath you is actually solid water. You can walk on it, so there's no water to fall in. Yeah, no. And yeah, just the having,
0: having both glide and high jump makes so much difference. It makes it so much less annoying to fall down somewhere because it's so much easier to get back up to wherever you wanted to be. I was
1: even brave enough to go after some of the chests that are yeah. floating around. Yeah,
0: actually, one thing we didn't mention, but the game really strongly implies that the time between leaving Neverland and going to Hollow Bastion is the time to go back to the other levels and like mop up stuff that you didn't get to do there. That's right, Goofy uh, is
1: like, maybe we should go around and finish some of the things we started so we'll be strong yeah. enough when we get to Hollow Bastion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, very strong,
0: even though this isn't literally the game's last level, very strong uh, point of no return final level energy to this whole thing. Yeah, I
1: feel like it uh, kind of fakes you out.
0: It does kind of fake you out. One thing that does happen is that after this, I understand why they do that there, because after this, uh, the the monsters you see in Hollow Bastion are just everywhere mm. in all levels. So like actually going back to them does it, it, it is kind of. You are going to be facing more challenging enemies, but, uh, you know, this also is not, is this is not a point of no return. Like it sort of implies it might be. Well, so, that, and
1: also after this, you can never fully trust Goofy and Donald again.
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. The bond, uh, even though repaired is never, never really going to be the same after what they do to you here. So, uh, that's not true for Sora. I think Sora, yeah, forgives Sora probably forgets them one hundred percent right away. But I, I, yeah, I, I, I do not. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> Trinity, Trinity, my butt, you know, whatever. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. So you go through a little bit of platforming here, and you get to uh, a, a kind of gazebo, I guess, that's sort of floating in in the path here. And here you get a scene that introduces this level's guest character, and it is the one that was sort of alluded to last time uh with Maleficent saying that there was just you know some you know interloper there. It's the beast from Beauty and the Beast,
1: yeah, and we're not gonna
0: and we're not gonna go into the whole. History of Beauty and the Beast because there will be another time. Uh, it's probably more appropriate to do that. But yeah, he's here, and this is this is the most creative use of a uh, uh, a Disney guest character party member in this game too.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a a different sort of situation than they see than we see in the movie. And um, I feel like actually, what goes on in this game is a little more romantic. Than a lot of what happens in the movie. I love that movie a lot, uh, but the beast is is very, you you know, that's a that's a good monster boyfriend in this game. That's
0: a that's a good monster boyfriend for sure. So yeah, uh, we see a scene where the beast encounters Riku, and you know he asks, uh, you know, Riku asks the beast how he came to be there, given that he doesn't have a ship or any other means of travel. And the beast says that uh, when their world fell into darkness, Bell was taken from him. And he just he just beasted out, basically. He just followed her. He he believed he would find her. And somehow his willpower was enough to just, you know, bring him through the darkness unscathed to to where she is. And so he's, cool. he's got he's got it's so good and he's got good logic here too it's like i believed i would find her i'm here therefore she must be here yeah uh he he's right too actually and uh yeah so this is just i think this just goes to show that beast is is way stronger than simba or bambi or uh any of those other punks uh mushu i think Mushi's a summon right, yeah,
1: I don't think I've gotten him yet, but he probably Yeah, does but show he's, up. He's, a, he's but a, whatever yeah. you got turned into marbles, the beast just like teleported himself through time and space, yeah, not like it can't it's a big deal whatever they weren't in love, well, I guess Simba's in love, but um oh well,
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, so yeah, you know, Riku's like you know come and come and come and get some, come take her. If if you if you can get past me. Uh, and then he just fucking cuts the beast with a sword. Like we don't actually see the cut, but he starts doing that cool anime running <laughs> thing at him with a sword. And uh then the beast is falling down the next time we see them. Yeah, it, he we, wasn't we, actually that
1: strong, him. it turned out. Riku. No is he got
0: beat by a child with a really pointy uh bottle opener. To be uh, fair, Riku is
1: really strong.
0: Riku's really strong. So, uh, Sora Donald and Goofy come up on this just as as I guess Riku's about to do like a killing blow on, on the beast. <laughs> and they get in the way, and you know, tell tell Riku that uh, you know, he he needs to he needs to back off. And this is when Riku does his his basically his one real power move here, uh, which is telling Sora that Sora is not the rightful keyblade wielder and that you know it's you know Riku Riku is is you know gonna take it from here it's basically It's so
1: wild Sora says but I brought, I have the keyblade I brought it here and then Riku just like like he's a freaking Sith he just puts out his yeah. hand and like, overpowers the Keyblade, Sora's power yeah. over the Keyblade, and gets it. Yeah. And Sora's yeah. like, But I brought the Keyblade the whole way here. I am the Keyblade owner. And Riku says, No, you just delivered it to me.
0: It's even worse. He says, You're just, you were just the delivery boy.
1: Unbelievable. This and guy. Then,
0: and then as the coup de grace. He gives, he throws down at Sora's feet the toy wooden (laughs) sword that they were playing with at the beginning of the game. This guy, and you already know
1: that that doesn't work on Heartless.
0: You know that doesn't work on Heartless. Like, you remember this whole thing. And, and then, then just the worst. The absolute worst.
1: And then without even... With barely a word, so yeah. Donald and Goofy are like, well, we're supposed to follow the Keyblade Bearer, so, bye. Yeah.
0: I think Donald but, does say sorry. Donald
1: does say sorry, really, which just make makes it, it worse, it. really.
0: Yeah, no. Uh, and they just freaking leave him there with all the heartless and this injured buffalo man. Like, that's that's it. Like... You could have taken him with you, you know, (laughs) like, you know that he can't really defend himself, right?
1: What are you guys doing?
0: So, yeah, uh, the trio is broken and Sora is left alone with a luckily less injured than he appeared to be. Beast.
1: I guess you do something to help him. I don't know.
0: I guess you do. I guess you like patch him up a little bit or something because he's like hobbling in the cut scene but then once they agree to travel together because they really have just like the same goal uh the beast is is fine once he's in your party uh which is good because just like at the beginning of the game when sora was on destiny island before he gets the keyblade you cannot hurt the heartless with that toy sword
1: it just thunks on him
0: it just thunks on him. now you can still uh, hurt
1: the heartless with magic
0: You can still hurt the Heartless with magic and the beast can hurt Heartless. So, you know, the beast essentially has to has to be kind of, you know, the
1: beast has to tank and DPS.
0: Yeah, he has to tank and DPS and he doesn't really need a lot of healing. So he's good for this part of the game. And this is I have to admit, this was a longer section of the game than I expected it to be. Uh, you know there's a whole thing you go further up, you go to the castle itself and then you have to go down into the the kind of like aqueduct waterwork area uh kind of to to the side of the main entrance in order to open the entrance up,
1: yeah, and it's a pretty elaborate puzzle down there
0: yeah it's uh this is this is like the most zelda ish the game has been I think uh you know there's there's a puzzle with try having to open different different doors in this area in sequence to to get through there's a bunch of different little side areas where you can go into these bubbles and kind of you know access different parts of of this this larger area and there's also parts that you have to get the beast to break down a wall for you to get through yeah it's it's more involved than like i I assumed from. Both logic and my memories of this, this would be kind of like a little sort of token sequence. But this is decent. Like it's actually probably about a quarter of the whole Hollow Bastion thing overall. You you do all this stuff. Uh, you know, luckily, like you said, magic still works, and the beast is pretty dang strong. You can get through this, this whole area, I think, without too much trouble. They've also been kind of generous with, uh, with safe points here, too. There's like two of them that you can find yeah. during this whole thing. Uh, and you open up the castle. And I, I, also, let's just talk about the Heartless, like the mob enemies for, for this, for, for Hollow Bastion.
1: There's some cool Heartless here.
0: I love the balls, like the big orbs with like Halloween jack-o'-lantern faces
1: on them. Yeah, are they dark bombs?
0: They're dark bombs, <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, they're real cool. They they feel great to hit, too. Like, that's not really going to do much here, but they make this good like sound when you hit them.
1: There's those big guys with the shields.
0: Yeah, the big guys with the shields who are like kind of one of the more complex enemies in this game to fight because they can like... They can rush you. I think they can shoot fire out of the shield, right? Yeah, I believe that's right. And uh, they're also basically invulnerable from the front, so they're one of the few enemies where you have to lock onto them and then circle around behind them in order to 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 do anything to them.
1: They're kind of this uh, area's take on a large body.
0: They are, but they're. It's nice that they're not just like a large body with like a different colored hat. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, which is pretty much what all the other large bodies are yeah this this one actually this level starts bringing in notably different notably redesigned versions of some of the the enemies like the uh I don't know what the, the class of enemy is called, but the little, like, flying wizard guys. Yeah,
1: there's there's something here that's like those, but behaves differently. There's something here that's like those, but it's different.
0: Like, it teleports. It's kind of bigger. It has more more moves it can use. And uh, there's also a version of the kind of, like, flying soldier type that is, like, much beefier and can can do these, like, diving rushes at you. So... Yeah, there's some really good ones here, and I just, I really enjoyed fighting Yeah, and
1: it's, uh, there's not, there's a couple parts where you're kind of in danger of falling, um, but usually it's not such a big deal with these heartless that you, you can jump around and hit them as much as you want, and you're not too worried that you're gonna jump off the level and have to go wind your
0: way back. Which, uh, once again, just so nice yeah. when they take that into account
1: yeah. in this game. There's even some invisible barriers to stop you from falling off ledges, which is a great luxury. It's beautiful, yeah. Some some sort of fantasy Osha clearly had a, a say in the design of this building. That's right. This this
0: one is much more up to code than, like, the interior of the whale was. <laughs> So you get back uh, to uh, you go through a whole thing to unlock the gate, and then you go back to the gate and uh, head inside. And here's where we get what I think is is essentially this is basically the scene where I think the game. I think this is basically where the game justifies its entire structural conceit. You know where it's kind of tries to make its biggest, most clear eyed statements about like what it is about. you catch up with Riku uh Donald and Goofy, which feels weird to say, and uh Sora basically challenges Riku, and Riku's like, "What you have got nothing? you can't fight me." And Sora says that, you know, he that he has a really dark line here, actually, which is that the darkness may destroy his body, but it'll never touch his heart.
1: (laughs) He's uh, he's been through a lot. He's been through a lot.
0: Yeah. Riku's like, well, we'll see about that.
1: He's totally going to kill Sora.
0: He's totally going to kill Sora. He fires a bolt of dark energy at him and... Heroically, I guess, Goofy appears in front of Sora and
1: blocks it with his shield. He won't just stand there and watch Sora be executed. That's right. So I guess he's not the worst friend. This
0: is the line for Goofy, <laughs> right? And this is why. This is why I give Goofy kind of a little bit more. Um, a little bit more. More. Uh, leeway here than i do with donald sure who does need this this heroic example from goofy uh, in order to snap him out of being incredibly shitty to his friend so yeah riku tells uh, goofy that he's betraying his king by not staying with the keyblade master which is him and goofy's like yeah Sorry is my friend <laughs> so apologies i guess uh then Donald uh joins him. He he does the the all for one and one for all thing in the Donald voice, which I'm not gonna do because <laughs> uh nobody nobody wants that. And then Sora gives uh gives a speech basically. He says that, you know, he doesn't need the keyblade because he he understands where his real power comes from and that by traveling and meeting all of these people and having all these different experiences, his heart and the hearts of the people he's met are connected. And that if, you know, they think of him sometimes then, you know, they're still connected, even if they're not together and that uh, his friends are his power. That's the core of, of, you know, this experience that he's discovered and that, basically just wills the Keyblade back to him. The Keyblade's really impressed. The Keyblade was won over by that speech. And it was a good speech. You know, I I don't know that I can really say that Kingdom Hearts Ever Again tries to really justify like the place narratively of going to all these different Disney worlds and having these more or less not connected to the main storyline adventure with all these different characters, but here it's sort of built up as this whole thing where everybody grows by by connecting with other people. You know that that honestly really works for me. If this game's going to have uh, a thesis statement that's like more specific than just you know believe in yourself. That that really you know kind of works for me, even though it's still pretty simple. And th- this to me feels almost like this is basically the climax of the game. Like much more stuff will happen after this point, but to me this feels like kind of the moment where it tries to sort of bring it all together.
1: And then you fight Riku. And
0: then you fight Riku. It's a real easy fight. Yeah, uh, he's just Riku. He's not empowered or anything. And you have you have the lads with you. So. Oh, also, the beast gets kind of taken out of the way here by an illusion, I guess, of Belle.
1: I guess it's an illusion. She appears for a second on the other side of a door, but then poofs and she's a heartless and the beast leaps after it and gets locked out. Uh, and he's he'll be back in a minute, but he, he's fine. So I want to actually talk
0: about the beast's voice a little bit. I didn't look up the credit for this, but there's no way that's the same actor from the movie, right?
1: Probably not. Um, I mean,
0: he honestly doesn't have a ton of lines and this guy is doing like a fine job. It's just like, I don't know. It just it just sounds like generically gravelly to me instead of. It's a
1: perfectly good Batman voice. It's a Batman
0: voice. It's a good Batman voice.
1: See, it looks like no, that's Robbie Benson. He doesn't do anything else in the game. I don't know. I think this is, yeah, this is the guy. You know what?
0: I think, I think that's, I think that's him actually. Robbie Benson. Yeah, that, that actually sounds right. Okay. You know, fair enough. Uh, Good job getting the real one for, for this. Uh,
1: But yeah, I guess he just uh, really leaned into that. You know, Beast has also been through a lot here too. He probably uh, has been smoking. He has. This is a bad day for him.
0: Yeah, he's been smoking and you know, the Beast, like that mouth is big. He can get a (laughs) whole pack in there and just, you know, suck on the whole thing. Light them all up and and suck on the whole thing. Uh,
1: I can't think about inhaling smoke ever since watching that scene in Pinocchio where he smokes the whole cigar and turns green. Oh, God, yes. (laughs) It just makes me sick. Yeah, you know, I feel like
0: probably that scene in Pinocchio did about as much to put me off of ever wanting to smoke as anything has, you know? yeah like even honestly even cowboy bebop making smoking look really cool <laughs> you were in-
1: inoculated yeah
0: it was, was not enough to, to make me want to do that <laughs> so yeah
1: uh, anyway so you you kick riku's but I guess it's kind of like a redo of your duel from the beginning of the game except with friends now <laughs> oh yeah I guess it's not since you're cheating but he's done a lot of cheating so far so it evens out.
0: I mean he was literally just trying to kill you.
1: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh but then he he gets away.
0: Yeah, and actually before we move on any further, um I I know that you know, we we kind of try to just just sort of keep it focused uh, for the most part on talking about like you know, what's going on chronologically right now in in the game and not, like, jump too far ahead. Mm-hmm. But, like, I do think it's interesting, and we, we can absolutely just, like, talk about this in more detail when it comes up again much later. But the whole thing with Riku being convinced he is the real Keyblade Master is definitely going to go some places, and they're places that, like, you know, one of the great things about Kingdom Hearts is that it's it's oftentimes very hard to tell when something new comes up that like kind of fur- does something to a-, a previously existing plot element. It's like it's pretty hard to tell whether that's a retcon or if it's just a wild idea that they did actually have in place <laughs> from the beginning.
1: Yeah, it's kind of hard to believe that anything was planned past this first game, um, but they do certainly pick up on a lot of threads. Yeah, but that's a that's a major
0: one that's going to come back later in a big way. But yeah, Riku, Riku gets his butt kicked and he runs off. And uh, the Beast comes back and says, your heart won this battle. (laughs)
1: Like he was watching or something? Yeah, like what? (laughs) What do you know, Beast? Yeah,
0: no, we talked it out. Where have you (laughs) been? I I just assumed. I don't know.
1: (laughs) So you get a, a little more time to explore the castle and uh, and go through it. Uh, it's the inside of the castle isn't quite as wild as the outside, but it's still pretty interesting. You have the to, to follow Riku. I guess Riku like phases through some darkness. Yeah, because uh, yeah. he's he's too good for doors. That's right. Uh, but you, a, a plebe, have to open the door in this room, and it's kind of a puzzle door where you have to assemble four bits. Mm-hmm. of the crest and you have to search all around the castle for it. And a couple of them are pretty easy to find in this room, but uh, a couple of them require some more elaborate puzzles. You go into a really familiar library. Yeah. And uh, I don't think Sora says anything about this, but it's no. it's really obviously the library from his vision or memory hmm, mm-hmm. of Tyree. Yeah. Uh, and it's actually a pretty annoying puzzle. <laughs> It is. It's a whole thing.
0: It goes on and on. Yeah, it's like there's you think it's going to be over like twice before it actually is. But yeah, it's this whole thing where there's like books with like all of one color of book on the shelves and you need to find a book in the library that matches that color and put it into that shelf so the shelf will move. And there's just a lot of them. There's just a whole lot of them. There's like eight books. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, I was pretty much happy to, I would have been happy to be done with this after five books, I think. Yeah. But yeah, it just kind of kept going. And also, one of them's not even like on another shelf. It's just on a table and it doesn't look like a thing you can pick up. Oh no. At least it didn't to me, but yeah.
1: I think I got lucky with that one. Yeah. I did get kind of confused by the one that's on top of a shelf and Mm. you have to use a Trinity to get it down. Yeah, that's right. I'm really bad at spotting those Trinities. I kind of feel like in levels where they
0: give you an alternate party member option, they probably shouldn't lock, like, necessary things for you to progress behind Trinities. Like, it's not a a problem here because there's literally a save point right next to the Trinity so that you can change it out. But there's definitely... You know, occasionally things that that isn't the case with. Like there was one in like the Peter Pan world that you actually did need to use a Trinity for.
1: Yeah, I had to go back for that one. Oh, also, you've
0: now at this point unlocked White Trinity after after the Riku encounter, uh, which there is a White Trinity mark on uh, the in, in the gazebo where in the gazebo where your friends betrayed you in the in the betrayal gazebo. Yeah. I didn't go back for it. Did you get it? No, I I didn't go back for it either. Um, I'm going to my plan is to kind of do like a, a big whip around a bunch of the levels and pick up a bunch of stuff that I didn't mm-hmm. uh, before we head into the end game. But cool. uh, I haven't done that with this yet. So I actually don't know what White Trinity does. Probably another cool, like acrobatic plat fall <laughs> sort of thing. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it'll be fun. There's actually two puzzles here in Hollow Bastion that you need Trinity for. Because, oh, that's uh, right. Yeah. Once you exit the library, once you solve up the puzzle. Well, no, you can exit it. Yeah, you solve the puzzle to get the piece. Uh, Once you exit it, you have to use Red Trinity to do a uh, slam into a big thing and knock it down to bust it open and get the piece from inside. Yes, of it. that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. But still, it's also right next to the, that same save point, basically. Yeah. So it's not a big deal. There's also a couple puzzles here in Hollow Bastion that you got to solve with magic, which I like a lot. And I, I kind of think they could have done more of in the game.
0: Yeah, the, like the thing where there's the uh, the floating treasure chest that you have to use gravity on yeah. to bring down. I liked those. Actually, I was kind of hoping that the gravity using gravity to to bring something down would would come back a little bit in the uh, the Maleficent fight that's coming up. I was sort of disappointed that that was not a thing that you could do with her when she's on her floating platform.
1: I agree. I also thought that 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 would work. But that's OK. Anyway, you get you assemble the crest. You have to, like, light some candles and stuff. But all you have is magic, so that's, uh, you light it with candles. You light the candles with Fyraga or whatever, which is overkill. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, and there's, like, a bunch of gargoyle heads and stuff that you can get uh, MP out of if you need it. Um, and you, you go through the big door. And then I think we get a cutaway cutscene to Maleficent and Riku, is that right?
0: Well, not yet actually, because the first one the next one we get is actually Riku running up the stairs. Okay. Uh and this is very important because he is running up the stairs and he's he's upset because he thought that the keyblade was his and it was his you know, and he doesn't understand how Sora took it back from him. And then we hear a mysterious voice uh, uh and who is speaking to him but a mysterious kind of dumpy looking hooded figure uh, with a very silky smooth devilish voice Uh that we've heard a long time ago way back at the beginning of the game and he tells Riku that uh, in that moment Sora was stronger than him and that Riku can be stronger if he lets darkness consume his heart and Riku's like yeah that sounds good (laughs) This is the moment, the the moment of norting right That's here. Right. Actually, yes.
1: you hate to see it.
0: You hate to see it. it. Happens to the best of us. Real shame. Real shame about yeah. that. Riku starts to glow ominously as he lets the darkness into his heart, and then, uh, then we cut back to to the lads mm-hmm. again. Yeah, then we get to explore the upper part of the castle, and I like this part pretty well but i do think that the the lifts uh so so sorry to back up a little bit this part involves a lot of traveling around on these uh these platforms that you kind of you press a button to get onto one and it teleports you onto it and then you uh you can't move really it's basically like a, a cut scene where you watch the lift like move you to wherever it's going and then it teleports you off of it there's parts of this that are that are pretty good but i also did find this part kind of tedious because you have to watch those lifts move every single yeah, time yeah
1: i also found it really opaque where things go and where they are in relation to each other so i i i used a guide for this part to figure out that's where to go. probably
0: smart There's also big parts of it that you just don't need to do to get through. I
1: felt like that would be the case. I was like, I'm going to spend two hours here if I am left to my own devices.
0: I just barely got through it. My next step would have been to do the guide. But yeah, like the biggest offender, honestly, is there's this lift that you can actually access from the library. That's not even in this part of of the the thing that uh, will take you all the way up this really long you know lengthy trip to basically nothing and there's a switch that you can find very late on in this sort of second part of the hollow bastion area that will that will change the course of that lift if you go back to it but you don't need to do that at all to get through to the end of hollow bastion so it's like I mean, I'll do it eventually because I bet there's like a good item there. But why is this there if it's not like the way forward? Yeah, that's
1: bizarre. Is that the one that you have to find? uh, You have to solve part of the puzzle in the library to open the door to?
0: Yes, that is the
1: one. It better be a really good item.
0: (laughs) It better be a great item. It better be like a new keyblade or something, honestly yeah yeah so yeah the lift gate the 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 um the i don't know lift stop part of this is not my favorite um you do get up to kind of an upper area that is a little bit more neat where you have to move parts of this big crest that's on the front of the castle up and down in order to to sort of climb up to to get to the, the chapel area that's at the very top of the castle, which is actually where you're trying to go. Yeah, uh, That's a little bit better. And, you know, I got a little turned around in this part, but honestly, I think just the fact that Hollow Bastion is more spread out, like it's geographically bigger, means that it's sort of more fun to move around in because it, it doesn't feel as cramped and the camera does not get in the way nearly as much. But yeah, I would say, you know, if you're playing this part, just use a guide. Don't do what I did. It's not worth it. Don't be a hero. But yeah, so you get up to the the top of the castle. And then we do get another cutaway cutscene to Maleficent sort of presiding over this hall where the princesses are in these sort of weird suspended animation capsules and Kyrie is unconscious there as as she is as she do uh in in the a capsule that's sort of floating in the middle here riku comes in and says in a different voice a voice that sounds like his and the mysterious person he was speaking to before layered on top of each other you know says you know ah yes the final door is open and you know there is indeed a a big uh Sort of, you know, keyhole crest shaped portal in the middle of this room that, uh, that is, is sort of, you know, has like beams of light going into it from all of the princesses. And yeah, this guy is clearly not Riku anymore. Yeah. And yeah, he has some, a little exchange with Maleficent, kind of warns her about the fact that, like, you know, if they open this door, heartless are going to overrun this world and she's like yeah whatever that's cool actually (laughs) and yeah she says that she is uh the mistress of all evil and she's going to she she's going to use the darkness to rule all worlds which uh you know I'm, i'm sure is gonna go really well for her
1: sure i mean probably would go really well for everybody i don't know yeah why not sure Sure, Maleficent, go ahead. Uh, she'll certainly get that chance, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, definitely. Then she uh, she notices that the boys are coming, and she tells this Riku ish person to stay and guard the princesses. Riku also alludes to the fact that the door isn't opening because Kyrie doesn't have her heart. Which I think is the the first time that anybody said that in this game. Yeah,
1: I don't think Riku's the only one who really would have realized that and he would never admit that.
0: Right, yeah. And that yeah, without her heart, uh she'll never be able to release her, her true power.
1: Does Riku show does uh not Riku show off his fancy new toy at this point?
0: Yes, he does. He shows off the fact that he's got a new Keyblade. Uh oh. Uh it looks exactly like a big bottle a big like, you know, uh like, like a can opener. Church key can opener thing basically. But it's really cool. It's really cool. It's no, I'm, I'm 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 kind of underselling it. Like it's it's actually really cool. It's spiky, it's black. Uh it looks like it could hurt something, which is not a thing that any of the other keyblades in this game
1: so far have looked like. And it does match his really dorky outfit. Which is which is also really cool, of course. It's not darky, it's cool. He's got a no, it, it is a buck
0: wild <laughs> outfit. It is it is like um I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of. It's like a really muscly, like Ava plug suit. Yeah, but it's got like, it's got those you muscle know?
1: fibers all over it. Yeah, yeah. And it's got like a grass skirt component.
0: Yep, it does. It it has that. It it works. I'm not really sure why it works as a look, but it, it does for me. And um yeah, he he looks genuinely menacing despite the fact that he comes up to Maleficent's like, you know, stomach level <laughs> basically. And yeah, he's got a key blade. Uh it's a new key blade. It's dark and dangerous. And yeah, he he kind of shows it off to to Maleficent. Uh and she's uh you know, suitably impressed uh as she heads off to to deal with Sora and and his his friends. The next thing that happens is very funny to me because it's, I, I feel like a really classic thing for games from this time, which is you're given control pack of Sora. Uh, and then literally all you do is <laughs> walk down on like, step is, is walk like, it's not even all of the hall. It's, it's like you take like five steps down the hall and then another cutscene <laughs> starts where Maleficent confronts, uh, the boys. Yeah. There's some posturing from her, from them, uh, you know, from both sides. Uh, there's there's some threats made.
1: Things are said.
0: Things are said. Then, yeah, uh, you fight Maleficent. A uh, thing the game has been leading up to for a long time. Maleficent is really the only character, aside from aside from Riku, essentially, who is a constant presence in this game. And yeah, here's here's um the first of a couple of a couple of fights with her. And I gotta say, really easy fight. Yeah,
1: this fight's pretty underwhelming. We were talking earlier about wanting to use the gravity spell during this yeah. fight. And it's because Maleficent spends most of it floating around on a little wheel uh, with like a yeah, fire and underneath and like, it. it. And you gotta you spend most of the fight hitting the wheel, which is like kind yeah. of not cool. No, it's not. It's. And, and like this
0: area that she's in, it's like this long kind of dark hallway. And she kind of just moves back and forth, up and down it like a Roomba, basically uh, firing, you know, bolts of of dark energy at you from from on top of this, this floating wheel. And yeah, you, you have to run the, the wheels HP down and then it'll fall and you can jump on and hit her a bunch uh, until she pushes the wheel back up into the sky with her magic and you do it again and yeah like it's not like this fight is hard in the first place but like the gravity thing if that had been a thing uh which just to to be a little more clear about that throughout hollow bastion there's these treasure chests that are floating on like tiny platforms are not accessible and it, in order to to reach them, you have to lock onto them and use the gravity spell, which makes them heavy. So they come down to ground level and you can open them. And it just it would have been nice to see that here because both because it would have been like a cool payoff for like people who paid attention to the level design. And also just because it would have like given this fight a little bit more of something to it.
1: It, uh, it really just feels like kind of a low rent version of the first Ursula fight.
0: Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, I'm pretty thankful that it is not nearly as fiddly as the first Ur- Ursula yes. fight. Uh, but yeah, it is it is that same kind of idea, essentially. Uh, but also it is it is intentionally, I think, meant to be just kind of a prelude to the real fight with Maleficent. Right. Now,
1: after you defeat Maleficent in this fight, just like in the movie, she uh, transforms herself into a huge scary dragon, which is very cool. It is very cool, though.
0: Interestingly here, it doesn't I don't know
1: if it's voluntary. here. You know, I don't know if it's voluntary in the movie either.
0: It is. That's that's a good point, actually. I haven't watched the movie in a little yeah. while. Maybe that would have been the right movie to rewatch before this. Uh, before before this this episode.
1: Yeah, maybe so. Oh, well.
0: Oh, well. Um, but yeah, so you beat Maleficent and she goes limping. Uh, breathing really hard. She looks like she is messed up. She goes limping back into the chapel, uh, chamber, or the 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 chamber where where Riku is. The boys follow that follow her, and in order to uh, kind of just show off his new power, Riku, who Sora pretty quickly clocks as not Riku, shows off the fact that his Keyblade has the power to unlock hearts. By just straight up stabbing Maleficent in the chest with it. Just
1: ices her. Uh, And at first she's like, hey, hold on a second. I've been betrayed. But then it like does unlock her heart. And she's like, hold on. This is awesome. And, uh, And is that when she transforms into the dragon? Okay, yeah. So that doesn't happen in the movie. Yep,
0: the darkness, the true darkness. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, yeah, she, she transforms into the iconic giant Maleficent dragon, uh, which looks good here. It It is a, a, a great image. Uh, and I, I think that it looks just about like it should here. Uh, maybe it's not quite as big as I would
1: have yeah, thought. But it's well rendered
0: in CG. It's, it's well rendered. And uh, then you fight her. And this is uh, definitely a much more challenging fight than than the fight with with just, you know, Maleficent on her own.
1: Yeah, certainly uh, Donald and Goofy found it a much more challenging fight because they spent most of the time dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, they sure <laughs> did. Uh, yeah. No, I, I did die on this one uh, a, a couple of times, actually. Uh, but yeah, this one, you know, there's a lot of. Having to stay out of the way of some attacks that can get you into a really bad stun lock. And she has a lot of life. So yeah, this one, I I've ended up playing it kind of pretty conservatively eventually. And that got me through it without too much trouble.
1: I realized that it had been a while since my last save. So I went into this fight like there's no way I can die and redo that previous fight again. So I did. I just pulled out all the stuffs to not just healing every two seconds, whatever. Uh, and and I was able to make it through.
0: Oh, I used a, I used Dumbo in oh. this fight for the first time. I used a summon. Wasn't you know I, I'll, I'll say this, it, Dumbo was not that effective for this, <laughs> but he did essentially make me invulnerable for a a little while, which let me just sort of watch Maleficent's like attack mm. patterns. So I was like, okay, that's what she's doing. That's what that's what she's doing. And like, uh, you know, after that, I was pretty able to just dodge her. But yeah, like uh, I was like, oh, yeah, I'll use a summon. I haven't done that yet in in this game. And like, it's like he took off like maybe like an eighth of her (laughs) health bar, I think. Oh, wow, He's just a little elephant. He's doing the best he can. He can't do much. But
1: that's okay.
0: So yeah, you beat Maleficent and then she's just dead. She's so <sighs> dead. She is a, a puddle of black goo on the floor. Yeah. That's it for that that not you know, going to
1: acknowledge any you know, there's not much ethical ambiguity in killing a maleficent, I guess. I mean, she's literally the mistress of all evil. Like that's pretty
0: straightforward. When they when they made that movie with Angelina Jolie in order to make her a sympathetic character, they have effectively just threw out the entire plot of Sleeping Beauty and just made made something completely different. <laughs> they
1: just made something Sleeping Beauty adjacent.
0: Yeah, right. I, I actually um, like that
1: movie pretty well.
0: That movie's all right. I never <laughs> saw the sequel, uh, which I heard is not that great. But yeah, that movie's all right. That movie's all right. But yeah, so Riku is like, huh? I guess after all, she was just a puppet of the darkness. <laughs> and do you want to do you want to um, kind of walk us through what happens next? Because uh, this is another, uh, to me at least, extremely iconic bit of the game.
1: So you do get to save after the Maleficent that is Dragon. Yes. And it puts it right in front of the door that opens. So mm-hmm. you can't there's no way that they. you can blame them. For what's about to happen, which mm-hmm. is that you go through and confront not Riku, uh, who is is still trying to to sell it to you that he like you go through into the room with all the princesses and the big keyhole, uh, and Riku's like chilling out on top of the keyhole, like yeah,
0: kind of like like a throne basically,
1: yeah, and that is pretty cool I guess in like a cool villain mm-hmm. way and he 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 jumps down and says some crap, and uh locks Donald and Goofy out of the battleground and You have an exchange that anyone who at least played the original version of the game has burned into their memory, yeah,
0: about just just pure repetition, really,
1: because if you listener, you might not appreciate this, but in the original version of Kingdom Hearts. You couldn't skip cutscenes. mm No, you could not. L- literally, there was no way to do it. So if you, like, maybe just hypothetically had to fight a boss fight five to eight times, you had to watch that scene five to eight times. And like, yeah, maybe you could, like, maybe you knew how long it was and you could go downstairs and get a new handful of Milky Way midnights and a Dr. Pepper and get back up before the fi- battle started again. But you still had to go through it that many times. So Sora and Riku have have a, and they they have a confrontation where Riku says that uh, Kyrie's heart is inside of Sora. And uh, I guess Sora's not like especially surprised by this. I mean, the, the evidence
0: has been mounting, you know. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, but he says, you're never taking Kairi's heart from me. Uh, and, uh, this, this, this little exchange, this argument segues into a one-on-one battle with Riku, which I guess is really like the fulfillment of your duel at the beginning of the game. Yeah, this is,
0: this is the, the, yeah, the end point of that, that thing that started there, essentially. This was, (laughs) to me, in the original Kingdom Hearts, I do not know if they've done some difficulty balancing that's different in the final mix version. Absolutely, the hardest fight in the game.
1: They had to have done something right. We weren't that bad at video games. We weren't that bad at video. We
0: played other video games. We beat other video games. We beat <laughs> this game eventually. <laughs> like, how was this uh, so hard? I had no trouble with it this time. Like, I I only had to
1: heal once. It was fine. I don't know what I maybe like there, there's certain attacks. Riku's all powered up now because he's got all the powers of darkness. Um So he does like he's got um, a pretty predictable attack pattern or like he really telegraphs his moves. So um he, he goes through certain patterns of attacks and he does like an area of effect attack that you can jump up and glide over for the most part. You can dodge most of his attacks pretty easily while still managing to land some hits while he's winding up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gets a little more aggressive as his HP goes down, but it's, it's really not that bad. And this is just baffling. I know. Like, when I played this originally,
0: you know what I had to do to beat him originally? <laughs> what? I, so, so... The Keyblades have slightly different animation timing, like the different Keyblades have different animation timing. And I realized that for whatever reason, using the strongest Keyblade that I had access to was like putting me inside like the kind of like the hit zone for Riku's attacks too frequently. So I equipped a different Keyblade. I think it was the Aladdin Keyblade, um which had a longer wind up what so that i could yeah and like for whatever reason that was what i needed to do to be able to to not get hit by riku enough to to beat him
1: nothing else in this game makes you think that hard
0: Nothing else. I never even considered that before my like 10th go around with Riku on this originally. So like to come back to this and be like, all right, kind of settle in. This is going to take a while. I hope that I can get this done so that, you know, it's like, it's okay if I can't get this done right now. I'll just, I'll watch the cut scenes so that I can talk about it on the show. And then we'll, we'll, you know, I'll, I'll get through it eventually. And then I just basically aced it. I'm not trying to brag. I'm I genuinely think this is really weird. Yeah,
1: this is actually a lament.
0: Yeah, it is. It is.
1: So anyway, you for some reason easily take out not Riku. And yeah. uh this this brings down the barriers that were locking out Goofy and Donald. Um, and they 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 rush up to help you. And um Rikus not having such a good time after being beaten no. by you
0: yeah he's he's not having a good time at all. does
1: he try to get you or do you d- so or or do you, do you do your other thing first well, so the thing
0: that happens here is that Sora's like, You're not Riku, who are you, and then i uh, Riku kind of fades out a little bit, and a tall bishonen anime man with a trench coat and orange eyes appears in his place, floating in the air.
1: 100% Norded.
0: 100% Norded, and he introduces himself to you as Ansem, the Seeker of Darkness, which. We haven't really talked about the Ansem reports very much, but Ansem was mentioned much earlier in the game by Aerith. That's right. in Traverse Town. Those
1: characters are trying to collect Ansem's reports to find out what's going on. And you'd be forgiven for never once thinking about him again.
0: Yeah. But Ansem, uh, we were told, was a very wise man who was the the leader of uh, the world that the Final Fantasy characters came from. And that, uh, you know, they were trying to find the reports that he assembled on the darkness and the heartless and, and all of it. Keyholes, everything. And um, it turns out, yeah, he's uh, he's this guy. He's a real bad sort guy. Of. He's a real seems. bad guy. And he's doing a he's doing a ride along in Riku now. So that's not great for anybody, really.
1: At uh, least of all Riku, who isn't into it anymore.
0: Yeah, he's not he's not having it. So, you know, I may have messed up the, the sequence of events here a little bit, but the important thing that actually happens here is I think the first thing that happens, actually, and it's that Sora goes over to Kyrie, who's just sort of laying on the floor, just like in the middle of the floor. They didn't give her a weird cryogenic pod like they did everybody else. But she is, uh, you know, laying on the floor kind of next to Riku's evil keyblade. And Sora considers the fact that 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 her heart is within him and considers the fact that there's this keyblade that can unlock people's hearts. And he picks it up and he gives a really big, weird smile to Donald and Goofy and then just stabs himself in the chest with it.
1: No. No.
0: <laughs> so yeah, uh Kyrie's heart flies out of him and re-enters her own body, and she kind of wakes up just in time to see Sora dissolve into little particles of light.
1: Ooh, this is another <laughs> one of those Kingdom Hearts misconnections moments that drives the people wild. Like, between here
0: and the end of Kingdom Hearts 2, this is, this is, like, (laughs) the first of of many times when, like, people will, will kind of just barely miss each other. And, yeah... Well, not the first. This has happened a lot of times in this game already, actually. Yeah, but because it's, it's... we had
1: all that wacky stuff in Traverse Town. Yeah. But this is definitely I, I guess this is like a follow up to that. But now it's very sad instead of now funny. it's extremely sad. Yeah. Um. In addition to Kyrie's heart going into her body, some little lights go out and go into the other princesses of heart as well.
0: Yeah, from the Keyblade, I think, from Riku's Keyblade, which okay. kind of dissolves. So I think the implication, I guess, is that that was made up of of their hearts,
1: I guess. So now the party is Kyrie, Donald and Goofy.
0: Yeah, now the party is Kyrie, Donald and Goofy. That's the team. Ansem shows up and he is like, you know, ready to just grab them, basically. And Riku starts to fight back.
1: Yeah, a little ghost vision of him appears as, uh, I guess a representation of how he's struggling in his own body, which has now yeah. been morphed into Ansem's body. Yeah. Uh, and he, he gives them enough time, Kyrie and Donald and Goofy, a time to get away. And they're like, what about Sora? No, there's no time. Let's just get out of here. And they flee. Um, but then instead of following them, we, you know, pan over a- into one of those little cherub heartless guys. Yeah. Who's this? We think. Who's this
0: fella? Uh but yeah, we're we're in control of him now. Yeah, uh he cannot fight. He cannot do really anything. But as him, you kind of just wander wander back through Hollow Bastion. Uh you can't open doors, so your options are kind of limited. But luckily there are a lot of places that you can jump off of here to get back to earlier and earlier areas. This, once again, is a section that I that goes on for longer than I thought it would.
1: Yeah, you spend a pretty good amount of time stumping around. Uh, luckily, none of the Heartless, other Heartless appear to attack you uh, because you're mm-hmm. just a, a little Heartless guy. Um, but yeah, you, you kind of have to traverse quite a large amount of Hollow Bastion to get back to where you can do anything. Um, but it's fun. It's the animation is like not perfect with this little guy. He kind of clips <laughs> to the floor a little bit. He, he does not. He is clearly not like designed for this, you know, <laughs> so. But uh, but that's OK. Eventually you do get back to the main room of the castle where um, Kyrie and uh, Donald and Goofy are. And they're not really having a lot of luck at this point. Yeah, they're in a bad spot. Uh, there's there's not. Their escape is kind of cut off, so you come through the door, and they, you know, they think you're there to attack them, because you're a little heartless guy. Uh, but Kairi kind of, like, looks at you and realizes, that's Sora. Man. Uh, he's he's become a little heartless oh guy. Oh my god. What? And you get, you get a pretty sweet scene where the Heartless are all going to attack Donald and Goofy and Kairi. And Kairi, uh, you know, throws herself in front of you and says, I'll, I'll protect you this time, Sora. Uh, and um, this, I don't know, <laughs> this act of love, I, I suppose, enables Sora to regain his prior form, his human form. Yeah,
0: dog. It's it's like Frozen, but like a decade earlier.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, the uh, Heartless, a uh, uh, circle of Heartless all leap at you and Kyrie to get you. But then there's a flash of light and Sora restored. And uh, and it's great. And you have your keyblade back and you fight off the Heartless j- just fine. And you've you've saved Kyrie. Yeah, uh,
0: that actually happens here.
1: <laughs> Who
0: would have thought? Yeah, they, they do not come up with a, a weird reason to keep you separated. So, yeah, uh, everybody runs off together as heartless just sort of swarm out of the castle. And yeah, uh the the very last sort of scene of this this kind of arc of the game is uh is back in Traverse Town, just like hard cut back to Traverse Town where you're you're kind of you're talking to Leon and and uh the Final Fantasy crew again uh, about about what happened.
1: Yeah, they're pretty concerned about this big keyhole. Yeah, and uh, and and all all the things that have happened, and uh, and Sora's concerned about Riku. At this point, uh, he he saved Kyrie, but his mission isn't done because, because Riku's still out there in trouble. Yeah, so he resolves to um to to seal off that keyhole and to stop the uh, stop Ansem. Basically, that's where we're going to wrap up today. Uh, I think this.
0: This is the part of the game that made me love Kingdom Hearts originally, I think.
1: Yeah. Like, this is
0: really where it all kind of comes together. And there are definitely still some issues with this that are, like, things that are just endemic to this game. But I just think it all works. Like, I think it works. And it it really, both in terms of, like, the game being fun and interesting to play... And also just like the story actually feeling like it's it's really like coalescing.
1: Yeah, I'm still kind of marveling at how much they backloaded onto this game. Did Be- I suppose maybe they thought that the real selling point of this game was all the Disney stuff. I think they did. And yeah. they were kind of like hiding their original stuff at the end. But yeah, this is the hard
0: turn here from the Disney. This is basically where the Disney stuff goes away. And we, you know, we get into this very, you know, like the the into something that that feels a hundred percent like it's like it's just a SquareSoft game that weirdly
1: still has Disney characters in it. <laughs>
0: yeah, um,
1: they're just yeah, there, yeah, and that's fine, yeah. <laughs> but it's not it's not taking any cues from existing Disney properties. It's not driven by the Disney characters. And it's got this really deep and complex lore. Yeah, the the
0: business with Sora essentially turning himself into a heartless to free Kyrie's heart from from him is basically going to be the engine that drives like half of the Kingdom Hearts games. <laughs> like that's extremely that si- important. Like, like that single act is going to have so much retconned onto it. That it is, uh, it is just incredible. And actually, <laughs> not all of it's a retcon, because we will get teases of bits of that uh, at the very end of this game.
1: So yeah, I guess I have to take it back. They really did plan some things that would, would come around later. I, I don't think they planned everything, partially because <laughs> no. the
0: the last like five hours of Kingdom Hearts 3 kind of feels <laughs> like they had a spreadsheet open with all of the... <laughs> the mysteries and loose ends and just went down the list answering all of them. But I I like that game. I'm not, I'm not hating on kingdom hearts three and one day we'll get to talk about it. And I think it'll be really interesting, but, but uh, yeah, definitely. They didn't plan for, for a lot of stuff, but some of it, I think they did have clear ideas about where they wanted to go with things. Should the series continue. And yeah, like it's just, I don't know. It's really cool to see this this part of the game sort of amplify all of the like, you know, the feelings and the the extremely like, you know, melodramatic uh the real sort of like JRPG stuff that's been kind of lurking around the edges of this game. Also, they will have a uh, a lot of a lot of relatively famous people play the kind of ever shifting identity of the main villain in this series yeah. over over the course of it. I don't think any of them are better than Billy Zane as Ansem. Like,
1: but I, I really love Billy Zane's performance here. Yeah. He he gives it he gives it his all. Yeah, he's
0: he is in it. And it's great. <laughs> I love it
1: pretty screwed up that they didn't give you a hug Kyrie button i agree after she is in traverse town there though yeah i i agree with that
0: they they really they really could have thought that one. i have a
1: lot old. of bones to pick with square enix about Squ- square and square enix about the amount of hugging that goes on in the game yeah it's
0: way too low square. it's way too low it's way too low even in games that have like contextual buttons you can do you can use for things like this one or Final Fantasy 15, for example, really could have used uh-huh. really could have used some hugging at key moments in that game. Definitely. Yeah.
1: But but at least in the cut scene, they did hug, which in this game, which is better than Final Fantasy 15. So that's that's something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it but it also proves they could have put more in. Yeah,
0: it does. It does. So any other final thoughts about this or anything else you wanted to bring up before we head out here?
1: No, I think I'm ready to do a bunch of side quests.
0: That's the way it goes. You know, we are coming up on what will well and truly be the the final act of, of Kingdom Hearts 1. So before that, we are going to side quest it up. Going to go back to Olympus Coliseum. We're going to find some puppies, probably. Uh, gonna read some anson reports. We're gonna do some hundred acre wood. Ooh, it's gonna be a it's it's gonna be a, a lot of a lot of little bits here and there.
1: Indeed, it's that's the best way to spend the last few moments before any JRPG apocalypse. Yeah, it's just doing absolutely. all the random stuff that nobody cares about in the world. That's right. Yep. But uh, yeah, we'll we'll see you next time. Um. You know, we'll just meet you wherever we end up. And uh, until next time, we hope you've
0: enjoyed this. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed our our trip through Hollow Bastion. We hope you've enjoyed probably laughing at how bad we are at video game, <laughs> how bad we were at video <laughs> games like 19 years ago. Uh, and yeah, we, we hope you join us next time on Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast. Uh,
1: until then, I'm Juliet. And I'm Madison. And we'll see you on the other coast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Kingdom Hearts Coast to Coast. Our intro and outro feature the song Trinity by T. Spiro on ocremix.org. To contact the show... Send us an email at kingdomheartsc2c at gmail.com. That's the numeral two. Or follow us on Twitter at kh coast 2 coast Again, the numeral two. Remember to subscribe and join us again next time as we continue our adventure.